welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? Welcome to the Women's Roundtable podcast, powered by the Think Factory, where we learn how women think big and grow their business. My name is Kara Filecoff, counsel with Outside General Counsel Solutions, and I'm the host of today's episodes. I'm happy to have with me today Jenny Clark, the founder of Star Thrower Group. This is an amazing organization whose mission is to build inclusive communities, inspire careers, and help make connections that help establish a successful and happy adult life for young adults with special needs. So, Jenny, thank you so much for spending time to talk with me today. I know we know each other a little bit, but can you give me a little bit of background on the history of Star Thrower Group and how you got it started? Uh, okay, well, thank you for having me. And um, I wanted to start this organization. I was teaching at Hunter and Central High School and working with the workplace readiness program with 17 to 21 year olds to with special needs to help them to develop the skills that they need to uh, after graduation. And it was such a great program and, and a wonderful experience. And I thought, well, what happens to these guys after they graduate? And did some research and found out that it was definitely not anything that I liked. I guess is really <laughs> the best answer. And it was it was disappointing because none of the um, options treated them like adults. Okay. Treated yeah. them with respect. I felt that the the options were you go to this day have, which is like a daycare, and you can color and do puzzles. Um, or you go to like a workhouse and, you know, and they're not workhouses, but that's really what they are. And, you know, you can pick and pack and do some basic stuff. And and as I've been going through, I have three kids. My oldest is now 28 and my middle is my son who is 24 and my youngest is going to be 20. And each of them in their own way is disabled, if you will, with either autism or ADHD or a combination. Um, but I didn't know. And as a young mom, I was 20, 25 ish, 27, I guess, when my youngest was going, well, no, kindergarten, I would have been almost 30. But either way, when I was bringing her to kindergarten and first grade and, and she was having these issues, sensory issues, there's lumps in my socks and having meltdowns because of that, you know, I thought, my gosh, what is wrong with this kid? I had no idea. And I didn't question, you know, except that she was just, you know, either overtired or whatever. There was always some excuse. And later I realized, like, looking back, that those those were signs that she could could be autistic. And it wasn't until I had my son where um, he didn't talk until he was about uh, 19 months old. And then he was speaking in full sentences. And within another year, he was reading. And so I was like, okay, this kid is really, really smart. Um, But the teachers were noticing things and they, and, and so I started, we started doing research and my friend was getting her master's. I was working on mine and, you know, we're seeing all this research and learned a lot about autism and ADHD and the spectrum that that is. And so then, with my youngest, um, I spent most of her life saying, well, could she be, is she autistic? Am I, is she doing that because her brother is doing it? Is she doing it because it's her nature? So she has her own set of issues. She did end up with an IEP in school, um, and, and an education plan that was really geared towards, you know, her needs. 
Um, and I think with regard to all of the young adults that we work with, everybody has their own special yeah. needs. And and if we look at it as you have a label and you that means this, then we're, we're not really getting it. Uh, and I think that's how I've approached my kids because I don't need a label. I need to address their needs. So what we do here and what, why I started this is because then I have control over um, my staff being able to, and, and, and the way we approach things and, and we can individualize things and we can really look at the people, not just the process. I was going to say, it seems like that individualized kind of care and figuring out what's best for the individual to grow is really what sets you apart. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. We're looking at software. I've developed some software. We use a plug-and-play kind of a thing called QuickBase where we track all the progress and, and what we do every day so that we have records because you need to see. I want to – I want to. there's objectives that they're supposed to meet and outcomes we're measuring – and I want to see, you know, how are we doing along the way and, and making what improvements or how, what growth are we seeing? So I was working with a software company this morning to perhaps switch over to their database um, and explaining to them the, the way that the traditional databases are set up are to really just, you know, we, we changed their diaper. We, you know, helped them make their bed. We gave them a shower. We made sure they did this. And it's, it's a lot of the activities of daily living. It's the day-to-day check marks that they have to do, but it's not continuing education. And especially with the transition from high school to adult life, you need some kind of transition. You need some kind of continuing education because up until the point you leave high school, you flip your tassel from one yep. side to the other and you, you walk out that door, you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom. You are told where to go, who to be with, what time to be there. Your bells are conditioning you to get up and leave and move on to the next thing. And you're either driven or or directed to go to those places. And, and you don't have a choice. You're signed up for soccer. You're signed up for this. You're, and even if you chose those, they made the schedule. You didn't do that. Now, suddenly, you're an adult. You've got to figure out how to make sure you have enough food in the house, how to make sure, you know, I want to go to the gym, but how do I get there? And what days can I go? And what time do I have to be at work? What time do I have to leave to get there? All of those things that they've never, ever even considered. And when you work through DVRS, the Division, uh, Department of Vocational Rehabilitation Services, um, they're, they're there to help you get a job. But we're putting our our sons and daughters out into the community in these jobs where they don't have that experience of being able to really manage their time, you know, and, and the other, the other thing is, is we're not also, most of the things that they've done in high school were in a bubble. You had a paraprofessional with you, you had a job coach with you. And, and when they graduate DVRS, the job coaches are, the program is designed that they fade. So as you get better at the job, you don't need the job coach as much. And that that sort of works in theory, but in that first 10 years, there are so many other things, social issues, safety issues, relationship issues that need to be addressed before, as a parent, I would feel comfortable with my child being out, you know, doing those things. You know, like we, we do workshops here where we say, you know, you're there, you're hanging out with your friends, 
and, you know, you want to go and they say, oh, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings tonight for dinner. You guys want to come and you go and you, you're going with somebody in a carpool and you're going to drive with them and they have a couple beers. What do you do? Yeah. You know, we go through those scenarios because that's real life or, you know, you know, harassment um, when you're looking at your paycheck and, and you should be getting holiday pay. And how do I know if it's there or not? And how, do, you know, all of those little things we really have to touch on. That's part of that transition that you have to learn those things. So you can't be taken advantage of and you can't be hurt, hopefully, you know. And it's amazing that you can kind of do all that because essentially it's really like the next step in between and just making sure that there's almost like a buffer so you don't go completely out there without any support. Right. So, I mean, we really focus on that first 10 years or 20 years even out of high school, really, it's, you know, just to kind of help them become aware of their surroundings, confident in their abilities, not, you know, you have a disability, you can't do that. Or, you know, let me just do it. It's easier if I do it, you can't do it. You know, no, no, no. We do. I tell my staff when they're hired that you're going to have to repeat yourself a lot. It's going to take about four times as long to get anything done. But the members, we don't do things for the members, you know, but they get it done. They do it. They have that sense of accomplishment and they learn. And that's the difference. Um, and the other the other part of that is that um, when we're job coaching, uh, we're not there to do the job for them or with them, because our job is to make sure that at some point we're not going to be with them and they will be OK. They will be able to do the job, do it well do it safely, be safe in their surroundings, be competent and, and good citizens with the people they're working with, all of that. So I know you recently <laughs> celebrated five years. Can you explain what's been the biggest lessons during that kind of five-year time since you started Sarthora Group? Oh, boy. Um, lessons since I started. I, I think the as a business owner, the lesson is, is get your papers in order and, and, you know, get the right people on board, like, um, that can help with that. I mean, I don't claim to be an expert at anything, but I, I know the right people and I know that having the right people and building a good team is, is the key is, is crucial. Um, and when, my, when I can't find the right person, I tend to leave that gap. And that's my, my downfall a little bit. Um, because then I'll, I'll do it myself and all, cause I have, I want it done a certain way. And so I, I'm getting better about that <laughs> and, and outsourcing too. Um, but the other lesson is, is that, um, you know, we, we keep reminding everybody, okay, well, today is, we did this today and tomorrow we're going to try again and we're going to, if something happened today, you're not in trouble. You know, I keep telling the parents, you know, call them and say, hey, this is what happened today. And they're, I'm so sorry. Don't kick my son out of the program. And I'm like, no, that's not, we're on the same team. Hmm. And I, I, nobody's in trouble here. This is what we learned from today. And this is what, what we want to do to move forward. Um, and I think the, the whole phrase, it takes a village, has so much more meaning, meaning now in my heart. Um, because it really, you can't do it without everybody being involved. I, I know it's not polite to yell at other people's children when you're in the supermarket. But you know what? If I can, if I can give something in, of myself for a family, like when mom's struggling in the store, and if I can help entertain her child, like 
that's a good thing. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, we have to help each other. Being a mom is hard. Being being a working mom is harder. Um, being a parent and, and having to navigate not just the complexities of of this neurodivergence, but the systems of DDD, the Division of Developmental Disabilities, and the school systems. And, you know, a lot of moms you meet that have have kids with disabilities, they're fighters because yeah. they've had to fight their whole life. And it's, it's or your child's whole life. And um, I, I think I approached it a little differently because my kids were all really smart, um, but they didn't fit the mold of mm-hmm. the classroom. And so as a parent, I spent a lot of time, they'd say, well, you know, Sam doesn't want to do this. He doesn't like this. And, and, you know, I I don't know. And I said, well, I don't know what to to do for that. I said, you know, what can, what kind of accommodations do you have for him? Or, you know, I can get him, you know, make sure he gets a good night's sleep and I make sure he's fed in the morning and I send him off with a happy note and, you know, like all that stuff. And when he gets to school, what, unless I come there and hold his hand, I don't know what you expect of me. Um, and that was tough. That was really, really tough. Um, and then they'd say, like, he didn't do any of his art projects for the whole semester, and, you know, he has a zero. And, okay, well, so is he going to have detention? No, we don't do that. Or is he is he going to have suspension? Is he going to fail? No, we don't do that. Is he going to stay back? No, we don't do that. Okay, well, what are, how are we teaching him that there's a consequence for not doing your work? Yeah. You know, it's it's not teaching good, good work, work ethic. So how can you measure his success in a different way? Or how can you get to the root of the problem? Because he didn't want to do the work and hand it in because his art teacher was, wasn't going to like it, is what he said. Oh. She's, she's not going to like it, and, and she's going to say it's bad. And so he didn't hand anything in. So did did he fail art, or did it art, the art yeah. teacher fail yeah. him? You know? yeah. So you have to look at everything with that perspective, and I do. So when things happen here and they don't go the way we wanted them to, I kind of say, okay, well, what did we learn? You know, that's the first thing. And um, how can we do it better next time? You know, and, and how does this affect, is this life or death in the scheme of things? How does that affect it? And I think that being able to share that as an employer, um, like, you know, when, when people come in, my staff do things, and I'm like, you're not in trouble. You know, let's work through this. This is, we can have this conversation. And and uh, work through it and learn from it. And how can we do it better? This didn't exist five years ago. So there's no right or wrong. We're making this up as we go along. Mm-hmm. And that's true with every person on the planet. You know, five years ago, we were, you know, all in, what, five years ago, we were all in high school. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, literally, like 20 years ago, 50 years ago, we were whatever. We were all you know, went through diapers and we all did all these stupid things as kids and we all learned and there's no handbook for a lot of this stuff. And, you know, there's forms that we make. I have to create all of the forms for this business and people will say something like, you know what, that's right. This is stupid on the form. I'm going to change it, you know, and we'll fix it. We can make it better because it didn't exist five years ago. And, it, it it's not perfect. And it I was going to say, I feel like so much of probably your space, especially 20, 25 years ago, there's been so much development. 
and kind of so much understanding that I would imagine it's not necessarily like law or other professions where kind of, you know, there's a long history and we've kind of developed and grown. But I feel like at least from my view of it in the last like probably what, 20 years, the development and kind of growth and understanding of kind of the needs and, you know, what can be done to assist anyone who has any sort of, you know, yeah. requirement for additional support. Yeah. I, I think the difference, and I, um, like with, with law, you're taking a concept and you're testing it. And if it doesn't work, then it goes through a lot of steps and there's yes. a lot of input, right? With the DDD and the way that the processes are set up and, and that the state thinks we should run things, there isn't a lot of opportunity for change because there isn't a lot of opportunity for input um, on a grander scale, mm. like, like, like in the legal system. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and even in the education system, there's, there's not, there, there's so many people who come up with so many great ideas and the, the war between, you know, standardized and, you know, more individualized is, is a difficult one because you do need to individualize education and things like that and, and our processes and even in the workforce as we work with our guys to, um, help them develop their careers. Uh, I can't go out there and the state wants us to obtain and maintain competitive integrated employment. And I'd love to do that, except our members are not allowed to work more than 20 hours a week. Mm. Not competitive. Our me- and, and some of them can't. So that's, yes. you know, so we are asking for some accommodation. So how competitive are they unless you're specifically looking for a part-time job, you know, um, and then integrated employment uh, is pretty good, but the competitive part, the other issue with that is that um, the link or any public transportation, you're bound to those schedules and where in a city, you know, you might have a lot more access to different trains and, and options here in Hunterdon County, you know, yeah. in the rural part of New Jersey, it's different. It's the link stops at five. So these guys can't work after five. Well, most of the jobs they're applying for are retail jobs because they have to, you have to work retail and work your way up, you know, and uh, everybody starts at that level, but they can only work these times and they can only work these days because they're not around on weekends and mom and dad might decide that, you know, they're going to take vacation for two weeks. So uh, suddenly they're going to just drop out of work for two weeks. And, you know, there, there's a lot of those things that, that make it harder to be, to help them be competitive in the, mm. the employment arena. Um, it's a lot of challenges, but it's, it's not insurmountable. And I think the biggest part of it is, is creating a supportive work environment okay, and helping the community to understand the, the needs of not just when you make it nice for special needs, you make it nice for everybody, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. So I know we've like kind of touched on this, but it would be great to kind of what do you hope to achieve with Star Thrower Group in the next five years? Now that you've kind of done look back and see what you have achieved. Um, our, I really would like to expand into other counties um, for the main purpose of of reducing that transportation issue. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to come here, and we have people who travel 
from Phillipsburg to Flemington, from um, Hamilton, from Somerset, like Franklin Park. Um, so they're they're in for a ride along, you know, about an hour, some of them. Um, and then it's expensive because if you cross county lines, you can't use county transportation. And so that means your budget pays for your transportation and you can't put it towards your services, really. Um, and... So what I'd love to see happen is is us being able to expand into other counties so that we can eliminate that cost for our members or figure out a way to develop the transportation system so that our people can go where they want to go when they want to go and have better access. Um, I think it's probably easier for me to make a couple more offices than it is for, for me to change the whole transportation transportation system in New Jersey. But, you know... I know, I know. I was going to say, I feel like that's a common concern that yeah. everyone says, but yeah, it's inspiring to hear that kind of you, you understand that there's a need out there and yeah. that, you know, the growth could potentially impact so many more. Oh, yeah. And and if we have people call, I mean, I've had people call from Bucks County and from Staten Island and, you know, and, and I'm like, if you can get here, that's fine. But that's insane, like to be yeah. driving that far to get here. And it's, it's, just not cost effective for anybody. Um, when we were virtual during COVID, um, we did have people from a lot of different areas and it was really, really cool. Um, but virtual is not always, um, you can't, now that COVID's done or, you know, back to normal operations anyway, uh, they do not allow us to bill for virtual anymore. So, um, it's unfortunate because that was a good service. And for those who were, you know, in the hospital or, you know, we had one one of our uh, members here who had been hospitalized for a, a, a period of time and had to be uh, at home for a while after because of germs. But I didn't want her to be isolated. So we yeah. were able to do the virtual stuff. And now that's not necessarily an option. I think we probably could get special circumstances if we needed to. Um, and I hope I don't have to do that because that would mean one of our people is sick. But um, you know, what a, what an advantage that was and, and allowing people, again, to be met where they are and meet their needs personally. But what have you found makes a great business partner, um, both internally at Starthor Group and externally when you partner with other kind of vendors or other businesses? Um, I think having that flexibility is is important and recognizing, um, I mean, there are just some employers out there that are so good to their staff. They recognize that, you know, if your staff is happy, your customers are going to be happy, your office is going to run well, your business is going to run well. Um, and I think that that, you know, being flexible and and uh, also a lot of people, uh, most people, I think, prefer uh, to be able to have an input and a say in what they're doing. And maybe not. There are those that want to just go to work, tell me what to do, I'm going to do it, make sure then I can see that I did it right. And then there are those like me who want to be able to have a say and and um, to definitely understand why we're doing what we're doing and be motivated and inspired to to do that. And I think the employers around here that we work with, a lot of the really successful partnerships are those that in their own businesses, they're they're providing that supportive work environment and um, they're good to their employees. Now, to talk a little bit more about you, what would you say is your leadership style and how you lead others? 
Oh boy. I'm pretty laid back. I think um, <laughs> I, I, I like to do a lot of things and I think that I know in the first couple of years I did everything and I didn't want to let go of that until mm. the people that I was working with had a chance to see it. And, and so I wanted to model it. And, and so I want to, to model it and to get everybody invested in why we're doing it. Not okay. just like do this. It's, this is what you have to do. Like I, I need a reason. And I think our guys, I think as a leader, having the, that foundation of here's why we do what we do is really important. And then, like I said, I'm very flexible and laid back because I really, I want my employees to be happy. Um, if they're happy and they're, uh, you know, given the freedom to build things and, and create things and share their ideas and, and put them into action, that's the best, best environment for everybody. Now, at Think Factor, we always ask our guests one question, and that is, what keeps you up at night? So, Jenny, what keeps you up at night? Oh, how can I do it better? You know, what can we do better next? Like, what's the next thing? What's going to be, what's the next thing to make this even better? And and just keep pushing forward. Nice. That's really what it is. So, thank you so much, Jenny, for your time today. Um, Is there anything you want to share before we close out? Well, I do. Um, we are hiring. We are because we're growing. We are hiring. So, you know, if if you like working with people and and really just doing what you love and sharing that passion with others um, in a flexible, fun environment, <laughs> with a little touch of insanity, then uh, give me a call. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jenny, for your time. Uh, be sure to check out other women's roundtable podcasts so you can learn how women think big and grow their business. Thank you. Thank you.